Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, your co-host, and I'm here in studio yet again with Pastor Nick Plummer. What a great joy to be with all of you this morning for this particular Torah portion. Ryan's going to do the little intro here. Oh, can I do the intro? That's a lot. Sure. Oh, okay. I can do the intro. All right, so today we are studying the Torah portion, Ekev, which means on the heel of. This can be found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, starting at verse 12 and ending in chapter 11, verse 25. Very good. Once again, chapters 1 through 4 are remembrances of the past. Uh, chapters 4 and verse 44 through chapter 26 are commandments for the present. And then, of course, chapters 27 through 30, options affecting the future in the book of Deuteronomy. And last but not least, chapters 31 through 34 are the parting words of Moses. The parting words of Moses. So we have, of course, uh, some key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. It's also called the book of remembrance, but here are, I believe, five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. The word remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant. Once again, remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant. Five key words found in the book of remembrance. So we're going to get this Torah portion started. We are excited. And, of course, the time frame for this particular book is uh, the time frame for the book of Deuteronomy was the 40th year in the 11th month on the first day. Very interesting. The setting is on the east side of the Jordan River on the plains of Moab. So here we go. What two things was the Lord to bless if his people would keep the covenant? If they kept the covenant, then he would bless the fruit of their womb and the fruit of the land. And that's found in Deuteronomy 7.13. Once again, he's going to bless the fruit of the womb and the fruit of the land. Uh, We have quite a few children in our congregation. I believe they're moving into the 40% mark. Uh, We used to say a third, but... They're slowly gaining some ground on us elders. Oh, yeah. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, And so we're having an increase in children. And we are actually birthing a congregation. And that's what we've been doing for a number of years, which is really incredible. So let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 7.14. And uh, Ryan's going to read that verse. Uh, This is a really good verse. So here it says, Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. Wow. Now, I want to explain something to everyone. This is what we're looking at. It says right here that thou shalt be blessed above all people. Okay. Now, this seems some kind of a, you know, favoritism or something, but it's not. Because look what it says in Exodus 19, 5 and 6. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And if you look at a peculiar treasure, it's segula. It's a beautiful, beautiful stone. It's a jewel. It's so precious that it's just like held in his hand. How special it is. So I want you to to be reminded of that. You can have a lot of jewelry, but how much jewelry do you actually hold in your hand? It's so special. Nobody else can have it. He doesn't even wear it. He's holding it in his hand. 
Uh, and it's interesting, there's even a verse that says, no one can snatch you out of my hand because you're a precious, precious treasure, a peculiar treasure. So if you obey his voice and keep his covenant, you will be, of course, above all people. Uh, in verse 6 of Exodus 19, And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And I do believe this is even quoted by Peter in one of his letters. So once again, it's about a group of people. Uh, not just one person, but more than one person. It's a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. So, so God sets the precedence here for that. He actually lays it down for us right there. You will be above all people simply by just hearing his voice and keeping his covenant. And that's what we want to do at Beit Tehila. So once again, if his people obeyed the covenant, would there be sickness among them in Deuteronomy 7.15? No, he actually says that none of the diseases or the sickness of the Egyptians would be upon them. Total health, spirit, soul, and body. You know, sometimes we need healing in our emotions or healing in our finances or whatever it is but but here he talks about the 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 healing of our body total health and uh question number four what flying insect was the lord going to put upon the enemies of israel in deuteronomy seven twenty? so it was the hornet and this is interesting because i got in the car this morning and i saw something that looked like a fly but it was like it's like you know i have seven acres so sometimes i get giant insects around stuff it's jurassic park listen this was a giant hornet but it wasn't moving. It was just taking a ride. Like I opened the door, opened the gate, went through the gate, closed the gate, you know, all that. So I had to get out of the car, you know, three times. And I got to take a look at it. And then by the time I got to my next, you know, destination that, you know, obviously flown off or something. But I mean, we're talking at least two inches long in the body, at least. It was a hornet. Oh, I mean, or it was a wasp big. family. Yeah. yeah wow. no, it was giant. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, you know. And that's here. Imagine if we're talking about giant hornets over there. I mean, they, if they're bigger than that, I mean, that's scary stuff. You know, even the, the Marvel is fascinated with the hornet. You had Ant-Man and the wasp. And the wasp, yeah. Interesting. Um, question number five. Uh, how were the enemy nations to be removed in Deuteronomy 7.22? Little by little, which is interesting. You know, instead of just all of them Little at once. by little. little so by just little. remember now, the Canaanites were in the land. The Ites were in the land. A number of different ethnic groups and stuff. And they were... Um, they were not kosher, folks. They were not really moral uh, groupings of people. So, Well, that so. and I think the Lord, you know, and this is just my own personal opinion, so don't take this as like Torah scholarship or anything, but, you know, God gives people the opportunity. Like, originally they went into captivity in Egypt because the, the or I'm sorry, the, the sin of the Amorites had not uh, come into its fullness. Right. And so in this case, they're saying little by little. So they, they make an example out of Jericho, obviously, in the beginning of Joshua, and then that is a warning, you know, uh, in the earth for all of the other nations. Hey, turn to God or here's what's going to happen. That's a good point, you know. And, and, of course, we know that through Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. Right. And remember, that's God's yeah. mercy, right? That's God's mercy doing oh, yeah. that. Amen? I think so. Yeah. Uh, question number six in Deuteronomy 7.25, what were the children of Israel to burn with fire? Uh, the graven images of their gods. So once again, the graven the graven images of their gods, and this is the gods of obviously the the. And we know what idolatry is. It's land. whatever you give your strength to, whatever you draw your strength from. And so, very interesting, um, very interesting. Uh, what other thing is man to live by besides bread? In Deuteronomy eight three, very famous verse. I love the one liners in Deuteronomy, man. Every word that proceedeth from the mouth of the Lord. I mean, what out of the mouth of the Lord. Where where do we hear that before? Uh, we heard it from Yeshua, and what is it, Matthew 4, 4? 
where he's uh, talking with, with the enemy, with Satan, and Satan's trying to tempt him, and he says, man shall not live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth he, he of the Lord. He quoted the word. That's what we all need to do. You know, you don't go to the devil and say, hey, you know what I think? You know, it's not going to work. So once again, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. And remember, whatever you speak comes towards you. That's why we love the public reading of Scripture. So question number eight, what two things did not happen to the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness 40 years in Deuteronomy 8.4? How cool is this? So their, their raiment, their clothes waxed not old upon them, meaning their clothes didn't wear out, didn't get old and holy and all that, and their feet did not swell. And they're walking around the wilderness for 40 years. It actually meant their sandals lasted a long time. When you got a family of nine, that's an awesome deal yeah. right there. I can't get my shoes to last a year. No. I mean, they end up with holes in the bottoms of them. I mean, apparently I walk a lot. That's a, that's a supernatural event. Yeah, no doubt. You know, another thing to, to be reminded of, you know, if you've ever been in the wilderness out there, even to the east, the Judean wilderness, it is brutal. So think about it. So if if God is going to be among his children, he's a cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. So think about the cloud over them. It's like protection from the sun. Yeah. You know, and th- and that's that's a miracle in itself. So let's look at the uh, seven things Israel would find in the land that they could eat. Deuteronomy 8.8. 8. This is also the seven species found in Israel. What are they? All right. Seven species. Wheat, barley, vines, fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. And vines is obviously grapes. Absolutely. And so these are the seven agricultural products found in Israel. We have two grains and five fruits, okay? Two grains and five fruits, seven species. Honey's a fruit? Well, two grains and five fruits, that's what they're saying. So Okay. Yeah, very interesting. Good observation, though. We'll have to look back on that. Is that dates, maybe? That honey there, that's date honey? I don't know. That's... Ooh. Yeah. There you go. You're welcome. Mm, You're welcome. I like that. That's deep. Yeah. Yes, you are definitely because it's olives and theologian of theologians. Yeah, yeah. I try. Are we to bless the Lord when we are full or hungry? Deuteronomy eight ten. When we are full, which is in contrast to what we you know do in American culture, Christians pray pray before the food and all that. Yeah, but we're really to bless Him for a full belly. So hey, God, you bless Him for what He's given us. Right, Amen. You know, I'm sorry, but He's not going to turn a Twinkie into something nutritious. Okay. (laughs) Bless this you know, food. Yeah. Bless this Twinkie to the nourishment of our Tim bodies. Tim Hawkins does an excellent rendition of <laughs> this oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> something that really isn't blessed. <laughs> I really like oatmeal cream pies, which is why I can't eat them. Because like, if you get the box, you know what I mean. You eat one, you're like, oh yeah. I mean, I could just have one more, you know, and then like one more turns into like five. You know, more. a lot of times if you just read the ingredients on some of this stuff, you're like. Yeah, uh, well, but, I'm done. Yeah, no, you're right. Like the Swiss cake rolls by Little Debbie. I, I looked at the ingredients and oh, stuff. Yeah. The most disappointing was the hamburger helper. You know that mix? Yeah. I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to use turkey instead of something else and mm-hmm. be healthier. Yeah. But if you really look at the ingredients on the box, it's like, you know what? That's really not good. You know what will burst your bubble is the first time that I found out that gummy bears or gummy worms or anything really gummy, for the most part, right? You can get ones that don't have it, but are made out of... Uh, gelatin, which is pork. So basically, they take all the weird, nasty stuff out of pork, they grind it up, and then they heat it into like a clear, like gooey mush. And then that's what the gelatin is. You know, is. that's the controversy is that when you see the word gelatin, you got to find out. There's probably a list out there you can look up. So, what three things did the Lord not want his people to forget? They uh, wrote him 811. Yep, in 811, he says he did not want them to forget his commandments, his judgments, or his statutes. And the word statutes is uh, kuka. It's a custom, a manner, or ordinance. 
He did not want his people to forget the commandments, judgments, and statutes. Very good, right? And the Father gives us his Holy Spirit to teach us, to show us. It's, it's incredible. Uh, Deuteronomy 8.18. It's funny how... I mean, I just, I guess that's just the, the dichotomy that we live in in the Hebrew roots is that like, how many times does he say, don't forget my commandments? But we didn't even know them. <laughs> I get it. But my point is that it's like... The word remember is found throughout Deuteronomy. Over and over and over and over and over. So we can kind of pick up where we left off in 722 BC. You're right. But I mean, BC. even the last words of Malachi. You think about it. You know, the Northern Kingdom was taken captive in 722 BC, and that's what all hell listen, broke loose. I know that... Listen, I'm part of that group. Good. So I'm part of the crew that's saying, but yes, yeah. we need grace praise god for yeshua and the forgiveness of our sins and thank god for the revelation of his torah right i mean thank god for these things i think so amen and ryan's going to read deuteronomy eight eighteen. this is a very powerful verse for, for those of you that are interested yes but thou shalt remember the lord thy god for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. You know, obedience gives you the blessing. You know, the more you're in the Word, the more the Word is in you, the more deliverance you're going to have. I, I've realized that. I've seen that. You know, uh, I used to love to watch movies and different things. Not that I'm against movies, but it's funny how ever since I really got into the Torah, I don't really enjoy movies as much. It's going to take a lot for me to really sit down and watch a movie, you know. It's just, you're, you know, and I'll tell you something else, Ryan, that was interesting. Uh, I spend less money because I'm in Torah. I noticed that there's like this reaction when you don't have God's word, you try to, to, to please yourself or, you know, binge watch or whatever you're going to do or binge spend. And then you buy stuff and do stuff and you think, oh, well, that's life. That feels good. Well, once you fill yourself with God's word, you don't binge shop. Yeah. How much you do you think you spend on books? Let's move on to the next question. <laughs> books are my hobby. Right. Oh, yeah. It's uh, not too bad. I get them on Amazon. They're pretty good. Yeah. But it's been a little while since I've had a book. I think two weeks. But I'm good. <laughs> Maybe we need now, to get this, a book. It says, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, you know. That's right. So if you have your own business or you want to start a business, there's no reason why you can't be a millionaire. There's no reason why you can't be successful in America. I mean, you know, and, and it's just a, it's a matter of priorities and perspective. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you, you know. And, and so God's not against riches or wealth or anything. Matter of fact, you can even prove through the sacrificial system, Ryan, that there's three classes of people. There's the poor, the middle class, and then the wealthy. You know, you can even see that when people are giving like a turtle dove, they're poor, but the middle class could be a lamb and then the upper class is like a bull, you know. So once again, you can see where God, you know, actually, you know, he's not a socialist. You know, I think he believes in capitalism, you know. You, you reap what you sow. Uh, there's verses that talk about when he comes back, he's going to give to every man according to his works. We've all been given talents. What did you do with it? Yeah. You know, that's why I'm so expressive and I guess off the off the charts because it's like he's revealing this to me. He's telling me to share it, to live it, to do it. And why not be excited about it? You know, uh, people are excited about football. They paint themselves blue and all this. And yet we can't jump up on the chair and, and shout hallelujah, Yeshua, or get excited and run around the church. Oh, God forbid. So here we are. You know, what's what's going on? I mean, here? You're saying we are you, you pregnant, Kimo no, I'm just saying. I mean, we, I'll stand up and yell hallelujah. I know you do. I'll do it right now. You're a participator. <laughs> Would the Lord cause his people to perish if they were not obedient to his voice? Oh, Deuteronomy yeah. 8 20. Yes, for sure. You know, it's interesting how God, you know, he, he brought his people back into the land. We see the Jewish people making their way back, and the population is quite up there after 70 years of being a nation, Ryan. It's incredible. Listen, they will never be removed from that land, Ryan. Amen. 
And that is the joy of it. That's how close we are to the Messiah. Oof. You know, had there not been a nation, we, we wouldn't be really expecting the Lord anytime. You know, look up your redemption draw nine. But that's the, that's the cool part. So what river were the children of Israel to cross in order to enter the promised land? It's the Jordan River. Deuteronomy 9.1. And, you know, this is where we get the word Hebrew, crossed over. Ibri. Now, we know that Abraham was familiar with the Euphrates. Mm-hmm. We'll call that a secular river source. But the Jordan is so rich in spiritual just stories and principles, you know, even even being baptized in the Jordan River. John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan River. Uh, Yeshua was baptized in the Jordan River. They crossed the Jordan River to come to the Promised Land. So to see Abraham was the first Hebrew, he crossed over. He literally crossed the Jordan River. That was his mikvah. Pretty cool thinking about it. Just came to me. Isn't that the coolest thing? How many tables of stone were given to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 9.10? Two. So once again, two means a witness. You need two or more witnesses to settle a matter. Uh, Deuteronomy 9.10, two tables of stone. Uh, And now we're going to be moving into Deuteronomy 9.16. What episode took place among the children of Israel with Aaron acting as the leader that made the Lord angry? Uh, this is going to be the golden calf, Tammuz 17, the golden calf incident. The golden calf incident wasn't good, folks. You know, if you go back and study public records, uh, Moses was up on the mountain receiving the commandments of God, and this golden calf incident was playing out below. Uh, very interesting, uh, because why is it interesting? Because if you were to actually go back to the United States Supreme Court decision on same-sex marriage, uh, that would be the same time frame that Moses was up on the mountain uh, receiving the commandments only to, to come down, you know, and find out what's going on here. You know what and, they say, you know, when the Moses is away, the Israelites will play. They will. And, you know, now this is something to keep in mind. Uh, in Exodus 32, we find where idolatry led to sexual immorality. Mm. Okay. So idolatry led to sexual immorality and they're intertwined somehow, some way, but they really, really are when you study it at face value. Uh, at the issue of Baal Peor, of course, they did breach the promise of not going into the promised land with the Lord. That was a definitely a severe event as well, probably the more cataclysmic than the golden calf, to say the least. But once again, at Baal Peor, right before crossing over into um, you know, the promised land, uh, they had an issue there where the women came in, many night women came in and seduced the men and everything. And once again, it's the reverse. You had sexual immorality that led to idolatry. Yep. Uh, so you kind of reverse that. So well, that's why when you read that. Proverbs, you know, it says, don't even go on the street where her house is, man. Don't even, don't even yeah. mess with it. You know, oh, it's bad. That's news. why Joseph ran it's, from, it's from bad news. Impropriety. It really is. Yeah. So how long was Moses on top of the mountain before the golden calf incident? Deuteronomy nine eighteen. This is 40 days and 40 nights, 40 days and 40, 40 nights. days and 40 nights, you know? Uh, and that's why Teshuvah is so important. The season of Teshuvah is the whole month of Elul, Elul one, all the way through to Tishri 10. Uh, nearing 40 days there. Uh, We'll be hitting that as well with with the Daniel fast. Uh, We also have uh, spiritual planners for 2018 in regards to Teshuvah. So, uh, you know, you need to come by the church and you need to get one of those. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Did Moses abstain from food and water while he was up on the mountain 40 days? Deuteronomy 9.18. He did. 
you know, he's spiritually minded. He's he's in the midst of a of God as a spirit, and physically he didn't need food. Well, because man shall not live on bread alone. There you but go. From every he, word he can actually pull that of off. That's a, that's yeah. an incredible miracle. <clears throat> Did Moses intercede for the people more than once in Deuteronomy nine verses twenty through twenty five? Oh, I mean, like, I don't even know how many times it was, but through our, our podcast, man, over and over and over again, it seems like the people do this, he falls on his face in intercession. The people do that, he falls on his face in intercession. You know, I've got a saying, Ryan, it, it, it's beneficial for all of us in the times in which we live in this culture. Make intercession, not accusation. Amen. You know, I've learned something. If you want to talk about somebody, that means you're doing something for them. You know, if you want to put somebody down or bring something up that's that's an issue, that means that you're going to be involved and you're going to start helping them. Yeah. You know, and that's what we really need to consider as well. So he was an intercessor. I love it. And if you're in leadership, if you're in the church, uh, that's the thing I've learned. I've got to intercede and just pray for the congregation. Uh, question number 20 in Deuteronomy 9.17, what happened to the original two tablets that Moses brought down? You know, this is a, a, a Ted joke, isn't it? You know, how was it Moses the the big who was the biggest sinner in the whole Bible or whatever? It was Moses. He broke all ten commandments at the same time. You know that's interesting. <laughs> also, you got to remember there's medicine in the Bible. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Moses took two tablets. <laughs> I thought about that when I had to take some Sudafed. I got this like sinus pressure. You can probably tell in my voice. But yeah, but he broke them. He cast them down. He did. Written by the finger of God. Yep. You know, and that's the cool thing about doing the podcast with you, Ryan, is that we're promoting the Torah. Amen. It's not about us. Right. It's not about Nick. It's not about Ryan. It's not about Beit Tehillah. It's about the Torah. We we love to get feedback from people that are reading the Torah and discussing it. Hey, what about this? And what about that? I think it's the greatest thing. So did Moses make another set of tablets for the Lord to write on Deuteronomy 10.1? Yes, he did. You know, Ryan, what's cool about God is that we have to do our part in the earth. Right. And God will do his. That's right. So everything I'm telling Beit Tehillah, we got to do this and we got to do that. Why? Because God's going to do his part. Moses had to get the tablets ready for the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with Beit Tehillah with us in the restoration of the regathering of the whole house of Israel. We have to do our part. And I'm going to tell you right now, if Judah's not in our church, if he's not in the pulpit, if he's not sharing, if we're not mingling with Judah, how can they ever come together? Just can't happen that way. There has to be a reunion. People with people, people with people. You know, even there's a guy that was sent to Saul and he was reluctant to say, hey, go to Saul. And you're going to pray for him. And he was not keen on going. What was the guy's name? I can't even remember. Ananias. Ananias. Is it Ananias? Or? Yeah, because okay. there's two Ananias. There's Ananias and Sapphira, okay. and then there's Ananias. So, so, you know, he's like, you know, he's trying to say, hey, God, this guy's bad news, Saul. You know, yeah. he's, he's attacking the way, this movement and these things. And you sure about that? Really? And so, you know, sometimes we're hesitant. But when the Father tells you to do something, we need to have quick obedience, just like Abraham did. Amen. Now, where did Moses put the two tablets in Deuteronomy 10.2? In the ark. He put the two tablets in the ark. Yep, the okay. ark of the testimony. He put the testimony And there's supposed in to be three things in the ark. The what, what are they? Uh, it's going to be the, the ark is going to hold the testimony, which is the two tablets, um, the manna, uh, like a sample of the manna, and right. then also the rod of Aaron. You know, I was looking at those three things, Ryan, and it means divine of the Lord. Three is divine of the Lord. So think about this. So the rod represents authority and power. Leadership, yeah. Leadership. And then you have the instructions and the manna's provision. You have everything you need right there for your life, for, for the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. I like that. That's good. So what was written on the tablets in Deuteronomy 10.4? Uh, the Ten Commandments. 
The Ten Commandments. All Amen. ten of them. The ten, it's fascinating. Uh, the Ten Commandments. Boy, if we could just do those ten. We, I mean, we would be doing tell me about really, it. really good. That's right. You know, we, I shared yesterday at the Torah study that even the Knesset is secular in Israel. You know, the Supreme Court is secular. They're not religious. They don't render decisions based on the Torah, mm. you know. And so it's something to think about, you know. It, it, can you imagine the dynamics of the Knesset of Israel if they just whipped out the Torah? You talk about a controversy. Whoa. So when Aaron died, who took his place? In Deuteronomy 10.6, here's the line of succession. This is Eliezer, his son. So Eliezer. Eliezer, his son. And then who was the son of Eliezer? Pincus. Pincus, yeah, the Phineas, great, yeah, the great spearman. <laughs> oh, he's a spearman, all right, and he got some good things from the Lord, and he's a third generation. You know, you think about it. Pincus was a third generation. So, is Israel required to love and serve God with all their heart and soul? Deuteronomy ten twelve. Uh, yes, they are. See, there we go. We are to love the Lord with all of our heart and soul. You know. Um, well, this is an interesting verse. This, this is uh, ten twelve, and, and let me read it real quick. Because here's what it says. It says, "And now Israel." What doth the Lord thy God require of thee? Do you ever wonder, God, what do you want from me? Amen? What do you want from me, God? What do you... I mean, I mean you've what ever you prayed... What do you want? Right. Yeah. What do you want from me? Here's what God wants. He says, but in all of his ways and to love him... Well, I'm sorry. I, I, I went ahead of myself. So it says, and, and now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. I mean, wow. it, does it get more basic, right? It's, he wants us to love him. Ultimately, he wants a relationship with us. He wants a relationship. He wants us to do our part and be a steward of relationship with him because he's faithful and is a steward of the relationship And he knows us. we're weak. Right. We're the weaker vessel. Right. You know, th- this is incredible. I mean, I, and I, I bring this up quite often, everyone, that... You know, God kicked us out of the garden because of our sins, but then he married us. Yeah, that's right. And then we broke the marriage covenant in the golden calf incident, and he gives us another chance with the tablets. Then we go for a season of time, and we div- we get divorced. We we walk away. We don't hear his voice. We break covenant, right? Yeah. And so what does he do? He loves us so much, he sends his only begotten son to renew the marriage covenant. Yeah. It's incredible, folks. Listen. God didn't create a brand new story in the New Testament. This is a continuation of something that happened in the in the Garden of Eden all the way up until now, which is a progressive revelation of God's redemptive plan, his story. It's incredible. Yep. Let me it read really let is. me read verse 13 as well. Um, so he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all thy soul. And then here's the next part. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. I mean, why does he give us commandments and statutes? Because he wants to persecute us. It's because we're thick-headed and stiff-necked. No, it's for our good. Hey, question 26, Deuteronomy 10, 16. Here's a follow-up. So what's going to get in the way of me not loving God or keeping his commandments? Uh, What did God want his people to circumcise so that they would no longer be stiff-necked? Stiff-necked? Watch it, buddy. Uh, the it. foreskin of their heart. He wanted them to get that. Think about a stiff yeah. neck. Yeah. That's a neck that doesn't churn. Right. And if you'll notice, if you go back and read Exodus, Moses churned and saw the burning bush. He noticed it. He observed it. He picked up on it. Right. And that's the most important thing. The foreskin of their heart. You know, I, I always share this, you know, what are those things attached to our heart that we have to cut away? I mean, is it lust? Is it selfishness? Uh, is it being judgmental? I mean, what's got to be cut off of our heart and actually removed. And that's the thing, you know, 
So did God promise to execute judgment for the fatherless and the widow in Deuteronomy 10.18? Oh, absolutely. So now he's talking about the children of Israel, but then he's going to go into the fatherless and the widow. It goes to show you that he's not playing favorites here. He's like, don't forget, children of Israel, don't forget the fatherless and the widow. He's going to execute judgment for the fatherless and the widow. In other words, don't forget to take care of those that can't take care of themselves. Well, that's the thing. You have to step in and and fill that void. Uh, It's interesting because Haman did not know that Esther was, of course, what? Fatherless. She's an orphan, yeah. She was an orphan, and she don't mistreat them. You know, uh, Ryan and Ashley are foster parents, so they know all about this. This is very important. This hits home, okay? So how about this, though? Was God going to love the stranger in Deuteronomy 10.18? Oh, yeah. Now, wait a minute. We can't even love people we know. (laughs) And he's saying, oh, you don't even know that person? I want you to love them. Hang on. You know, stranger also has a connotation, which is people that aren't like you. That's that's a good point. Maybe they don't think like you. And who's your neighbor? Maybe they don't look like you. Yeah, the stranger. You know? And it's kind of like, you know, you ever just like go to an establishment, like a coffee house or a restaurant, and you start walking up, you see some people at about the same time, you just kind of open the door for them. Yeah. That's how you recognize the stranger. Oh, yeah. You know, I try to teach my kids that. At Chick-fil-A, they got the double doors, so they get double duty, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or if you're going to go into the mall, there's like double doors. Well, know? and like, you know, if it's reciprocated, which one do you hold? Do you hold the first one or the second one at Chick-fil-A? Because, you know, if you hold the first one, then they're going to hold the second one. It's like, oh, yeah, well, actually, I get to go You can first. reciprocate. I like that. <laughs> so think about it, everybody. If we can't love the people we know, how are you supposed to love the stranger? That's right. Well. You probably cut them off. Sometimes we hurt the people yeah. closest to us, right? Question number 29. What two things was God going to provide for the stranger in Deuteronomy 10, 18? Uh, food and clothing or raiment. See, God, it, what does it say? God takes care of the sparrow? Yeah. How many people went down to Egypt in Deuteronomy 10.22? It was 70. 70. 70 means the nations. 70. Yeah, so 70. This, is, this is, you know, talking about when they went into Egypt, they became a nation in Egypt. So they went from a family of 70 to a great nation. It's amazing. In just over 400 years, they counted over 600,000 men. Yeah, that's... I don't even want to do the math. I think Mike did it. But it's very fascinating how many children they were having. Uh, question number 31. What did the younger generation see with their eyes? Deuteronomy 11.7. All the acts of the Lord, which he did. So this all is the, the great miracles. acts. Yeah, it's awesome. All the great acts. So yes. 20 and under, they saw all the great acts of the Lord, which he did. Yeah, they saw the sea part. They saw... Everything. You know, the rock produce water. They saw the manna fall from heaven, the quail fall from heaven. That's amazing. They saw the shoes not wear out, the clothing. I mean, what a miracle simple life. after miracle after miracle. What a simple life. Amen. Minimalists. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a minimalist. Well, when you got to move like 42 oh, times. Oh, minimalist. Come on, somebody. Let's downsize so we can upsize. <laughs> Super size. brings you out to bring you in. Uh, question number 32. <laughs> in what two seasons was God going to water the land of his people if they were obedient to his commandments? Deuteronomy eleven fourteen. So this is the, it's, it says the first rain and the latter rain, the fall and the spring. It's also called the early rain and the late rain. Um, but the first rain happens in the fall, um, and then the late rain happens in the spring. So fall would be around the fall feasts, and then the late rain would be in the spring around Pesach and the spring feasts. You know, this brings to mind some interesting prophecies here in Hosea. I want to read them to you. It's two verses out of Hosea 6. Let's see, verses 2 and 3. 
After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. So think about this word revive. It's, it's the same word even used when Jacob saw the wagons that Joseph had sent. He's like came alive, like born again. He jumped up. He was so excited. This is the same connotation. So, so this is why we're getting the Torah, Ryan, because the days of the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is as one day. That's a quote from Moses. And then Peter quotes Moses in the New Testament. So once again, after two days, he will revive us. So that's why, you know, after 2000 years, all of a sudden, after those days, I will write my Torah on minds and hearts. People need to understand the phenomenon here, that it was already foreordained. It was already foretold. Wait, but, but Israel's look at verse in the three. land now? Oh, yeah. Look at <laughs> verse 3. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Do you see that? I do. The latter and former rain, he shall come unto us. What a prophecy. You know, and I, I don't want to just speculate here or take any prophecies out of context because no prophecy is of private interpretation. But what I want to submit to you is this, everyone. Yeshua said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. So if that's the case, wheat and barley are planted in late fall. And if you're going to plant something, you need to water it. But the beauty is this, Ryan, if that's true, if Yeshua came in the fall like that, then he is what? He's the first rain. That's right. But he's the latter rain, right? Why? Because he Come suffered, died, and was buried, and rose again for the latter rain in the spring. Uh-huh. So if, if it's something's coming up and it needs water, you're going to need the latter rain. So there he is. Yeshua is the fall and the spring rain. It's right there. That is awesome. That is awesome. Incredible, incredible thing to think about. Let's look at question number 33. List the four places where God's word is to go upon the people. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. All right, four places. The heart, the soul, the hand, and between the eyes. And notice it's heart and soul first, and then, so the inward, and then the outward. Wow, heart and soul, hand between your eyes. That covers everything, I tell you. That's an internal, just, that's an internal sweep right there. Boom, heart, soul, hand between your eyes. That is incredible. Why? Because your heart is is your main organ. <laughs> yeah, it pumps the blood. It it does all the things, you know. And then your soul. You look at your mind, will, and emotions. Uh, put the word there. You know, you get over emotional. Hit the word on it. You know, boom. Your hand is what you grab, what you're doing, and your eyes is what you're seeing. Very interesting. Uh, this is where the word is to go. And of course, we know that through the phylacteries and tefillin, the um, the Jewish people take it literally and create that. It's very interesting. Uh, Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. if you have children, let Ryan read that for you out loud. Yep, and ye shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So you could always talk about the Word of God. Yeah, talk all, about the Torah portion. Bring things up. Every week there's a new Torah portion, you know, and that's what we're excited about. So talk about the Word of God. Get into the Word of God. Discover things. Encourage people. You know, most people are ignorant. To the word of God. And you might be the, you know, the only Bible they ever see or know, you know? And so by sharing that people are interested, I'm telling you right now, people are fascinated and interested in the Bible. If you are, if you are, they will be, uh, because you're going to bring out some cool stuff. Deuteronomy eleven twenty. upon what two places was the word to be written? Uh, the doorposts of your house and upon your gates. And so you put the mezuzah up as a reminder. I love the mezuzah. And you touch it and kiss it, amen. It's God's word. And so we're going to be looking at of course uh, Deuteronomy 11:25. 
All right, let's read it. It says, There shall no man be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that ye shall tread upon, as he hath said unto you. Wow. You know, we have to have boldness and, and, and just confidence and be strong in the Lord, Ryan, in what he's showing us and what we believe, you know, and sit back and take a deep breath and really, really trust him, you know. And there's a couple of quotes here in regards to history that I want to share. Uh, George Satayana, uh, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, Lawrence J. Peter. This is very interesting. History teaches us the mistakes we are going to make. Hmm. You know, Ryan, it's interesting. If anybody would go and take the book of Isaiah and go through and just print it out from Bible Gateway and highlight all the sins of Ephraim, all the sins of the northern kingdom in Hosea, we are still committing those same sins. We're still not growing up and maturing like we should. And we just shoot ourselves in the foot and it's got to end. It's time to show up. It's time to grow up. Amen. Amen. What a, I mean, what an awesome Torah portion. Um, you know, what's cool about Deuteronomy, and, and again, one of the reasons that I like all the one-liners, and it's one of my favorite books, is is simply because it's a, a repeat. It's a, it's a synopsis. It's the cliff notes of the Torah. And if you want to get the meat and potatoes of the Torah, you read Deuteronomy, and you're going to get the basic full message. Now, obviously, there's details and richness that you'll miss out on, but my point being that it's just an awesome way to, to really learn uh, the heart of God, the mind of God, and really get in line with what he's looking for us to do. And so uh, thank you guys for listening. We really you enjoy— You want to give them the dates for Teshuvah? Uh, yeah, so Teshuvah starts on the evening of August 11th. Uh, and then it is going to end you know, 30 days after that uh, at Tishri 1, which is Rosh Hashanah. Well, What's the date on no, Rosh Hashanah? Teshuvah will go all the way to... Well, Tishri 10, right? Yeah, all but, the way to Yom Kippur. Right, so it goes all the way to Yom Kippur. Do you know the, Teshuvah. Do you know the date on the Gregorian calendar for that right now? I'm not really sure. Listen, here's the point. We're going to have more podcasts in between now and then, but it starts on August 11th. So start preparing yourself now. To, we're going to be, as a congregation, doing the Daniel Fasts. If you are part of this congregation, we want you to uh, participate with us. We can us. send you information as yep. well through but, email. Yeah, there's no obligation to do it, but we're doing it as a community to get all of us together in line I with I double-dog dare you. Yeah. I, Those I, of you that are listening, I double-dog dare you oh, to I, do the Daniel Fast. Oh, I triple-dog dare you. I'm, I'm going to do it with gladness. Yeah, amen. And so um, it, it goes for 40 days, all the way from the beginning of Elul, all the way to the end of, uh, all the way to Yom Kippur on Tishri 10. And we are only doing the Daniel fast, though, for 21 days at the beginning of Elul. And that's to get our hearts right for the fall feast and to prepare ourselves um, to return. Teshuvah means to return. We're walking into a season of returning. Uh, and this is an opportunity for you to, to look back at the year uh, introspectively reflect and then look at the future year and say, you know, God, what can I do for you in the coming year? And so it's a, a great time uh, with the Lord if you really capitalize on it and use it for what it is and for the purpose that it, it, it holds. And so um, thank you guys for listening. You know how to reach out to us. Ryan at topraise.net is my email address that you can reach out to me at. You can also call the office at 813-654-2222. And remember, Every uh, Shabbat, every Saturday at 11 o'clock, we live stream our services. So if you are not local, we would love for you to join us. And make sure you message us 
uh, while you're watching or before or after or whatnot, because we love to interact with you. We love to hear from you. Um, and you know, make sure you guys comment and rate our podcast and stuff like that too. Helps us get the word out. We are past what six thousand listens now. Yeah, on 6, the podcast. Podcast listens. That's awesome. Um, and so we're we're super excited about um, how this is going, what the Lord's doing, and all that. So uh, praise God. Thank you guys for for listening. Have a great week.